They say that you need five years to really evaluate an NHL draft class. So uh, let's go ahead and evaluate the 2018 Blue Jackets draft class. See who's good, who's bad, uh, who was reach, and uh, who we think might be the best value pick in all of the draft. Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Blue Jackets, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Here with me is my co-host, Hayden Hanson. Uh, shout out to Hayden for taking the episode solo yesterday. Uh, I needed to lie down in a dark room for a very long time, so I did that. And Hayden was very mean about uh, Jake Voracek. So, I apologize. You know, we, we do what we have to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Lockdown Blue Jackets continues to be free available on all podcast platforms. We're over on YouTube. And the SiriusXM app, if you are a radio person, uh, you can find Locked On Blue Jackets there as well. Uh, so like I said at the top of the show, today, uh, they say that you need five years to really kind of look at prospects before you can say whether they were good or bad picks. Um, so I thought, let's take a look about uh, five years ago, the 2018 draft class, uh, which is, looking back on it, not a terrible draft class. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty interesting one. To look at actually so uh let's let's just kick it straight off uh that was the draft that the blue jackets uh their first round pick was uh 18th overall and they took liam foodie from the london knights uh liam foodie in 89 games for the blue jackets has seven goals 12 point, uh 12 assists for 19 points how do you feel that this is aged in terms of looking at kind of who went after foodie uh who the blue jackets picked up later on uh, and just kind of like him as a player, how do you feel that Liam Foodie is going as a first round draft pick? Well, yeah, Liam, I mean, I think we've learned through this past draft process that there is a big drop off in terms of like what a first rounder is going to do who's drafted in the top five and a first rounder who's drafted late first round. So, yeah, like at first, the, I guess what I'm saying is like, my expectation on Liam Foodie was always kind of high because he was a first round, but he was a late first round in a pretty weak draft overall because after Liam Foodie, there's really not much. And what there was left, the Jackets got in Kirill Marchenko. So, I mean, I mean, not to spoil that one there, but the Jackets got him in this draft. So it was a great draft for the Jackets. And it's really fun to look back at some of the draft grades and how, you know, certain media outlets thought the jackets did but yeah Liam Foodie's fine he's he's produced in in games that he's played in Columbus he hasn't been that uh explosive center that maybe the jackets would thought he'd be by now but you see a little bit from time to time so when I think of Liam Foodie I get like I get positive thoughts uh with him but then again here we are five years away from when he got drafted and it's time for him to start producing consistently in the NHL yeah, exactly. It's it's tough because I feel like Liam Foodie has not had a particularly easy go of it. Um, he was a guy that was he so he got called up in his draft year um, from the the London Knights on emergency basis because that I believe was one of the years that everyone was injured. Um, so he got called up emergency basis and he was actually he like played NHL games and then went back to. 
the OHL. And there was even, there was a case of, I think he played like NHL game, OHL game, OHL game, NHL game, NHL game. He played like five games in five nights or something like weird like that. And then he went into the playoffs and played really well. Um, and I think, unfortunately, seeing his playoff, seeing playoff Liam Foody against the Leafs and then against Tampa Bay, where he actually scored his first NHL goal in the playoffs and then proceeded not to score a regular season goal for the next, like, 60 games. Um, <laughs> and I feel like that kind of hyped the fans up too much. And that's not to say that Liam Foody is kind of unfairly maligned by this fan base, because I think there's genuine criticism, like, genuine justified criticism in his game. But it feels like the fans got a little too hype for 18th overall, which, like you said, a first-round draft pick is not an automatic success. You know, we've seen that before. We've seen it from Blue Jackets. We've seen it, you know, people are already trying to paint the first overall pick from last year as a bust, and he played, like, 40 NHL games, you know? So it's tough to really look at Foodie and say, yeah, this was a bad pick, because sometimes... If you're going to pick in the back half of the first draft, it's not. It wasn't a particularly strong draft either. Like I don't think at the time, and also looking at it, like there's no one really in that after draft. Quinn Hughes, that I'm like, wow. Yeah, after Quinn Hughes down. at like seven or whatever, yeah. he like, got drafted. Darlene has has turned into a really sick defenseman. Andre Sveshnikov is great. Brady Kachuk is great. Quinn Hughes, like uh, Evan Bouchard is decent, but like the more I scroll down, the more I'm like, yeah, this was kind of a this felt like a weak draft. So what are you going to do? You know, you absolutely nailed it. Like on the expectation that we put on Liam Foodie was insane. I think it was because, you know, Connor McDavid had just became a thing at that time for Jackets fans. And we knew that we wanted to spend our first round pick on a speedy center. And we got a guy that at the time people were saying like, Hey, the one thing that this guy's got is speed. Like he's fast. And he is a really fast player, but, you know, Sonny Milano was also a really fast player, but he didn't have any of the other pieces to his game and expectations were crazy on him. I just look at Liam Foody as like a more, a, a better Sonny Milano in a sense. Like he's a little, his, his other stuff in his game is a little more polished than Sonny Milano. Um, he just needs to be able to put it together fully and, then maybe we'll have a full-time centerman in the NHL. I don't know yet. Um, he hasn't really done it so far. Like you said, he disappeared after he had that one goal in that playoff game, and um, he only had 14 points last year. He got tons of time last year to play and really show us something. Again, it's just been a little bit, but, yeah, it, it was a tough draft, Jay. You absolutely nailed it. It was a tough draft, and, in fact, I think the Jackets got the best value pick later on. I completely agree. I just wanted to finish off. Uh, we're going to move on and talk about the second round in a second. I just want to finish off with a little bit of Liam Foody talk, kind of both from now and from its draft year. So I'm on dopperprospect.com um, and his uh, PNHLE score, which is basically a value that projects uh, what prospects are going to do at the NHL level. So it kind of takes into account the league that they play in, uh, their age, the position they play, and it puts all of these numbers together. It spits out like, how many points you should expect from a, from a player, basically. Um, and Liam Foodie has basically kind of gone, and if you're watching this on, on YouTube, you'll be able to see, if you're listening to this, I'm just basically, he went up and then hit like the 1920, the 2019-2020 se season, and then just started to fall off. Like he's never been estimated as higher than a 50-point guy. 
this season he's estimated as a 20 to 25 point guy. So he had potential and then it just kind of, I think, yeah, it just a combination of things that didn't really work out in, in Foodie's favor, which is a shame because he seems like a great kid. He's got a good attitude, I think. Um, he's got a lot of the right pieces. I'm just not sure he's been able to put them together in a way that really kind of showcases what we saw in the playoffs, uh, especially against against Toronto. I feel like he was fantastic in that kind of play-in series versus Toronto. Maybe Mike Babcock, again, I feel like we say this with every young player, maybe Mike Babcock will be able to get something out of Foodie that uh, Larson and Tortorella didn't. I don't know. Uh, let's, let's move on and let's talk about uh, our favorite pick, in, in this draft. Uh, that's Blue Jackets' second-round pick. We're going to do that in just a second. But first, I've got to tell you all about AG1 because uh, it's it's incredible. Uh, I started taking AG1 because I was tired all of the time. I was getting sick a lot. And honestly, I heard the hype about it, and I wanted to see what it was all about. And honestly, I don't regret it at all. Uh, I drink AG1 every morning before... Starting my day, I'll get up, I'll make coffee, I'll make my AG1, and it makes me feel like I'm getting the exact right start to my day. It uh, It's just really, really great. Uh, a lot of great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies, and a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. A lot of them also drink AG1. That's why I'm a huge fan. With every daily serving, I'm setting myself up for success with 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key day nutrients and support energy, focus, uh, strength, and clarity. It is a micro-habit that delivers macro-benefits and helps just about everybody take great care of their health every single day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. Okay, Hayden, let's talk about everybody's favorite Russian with the flow. Uh, in the second round, the Blue Jackets draft Kirill Marchenko uh, out of the Russian Junior League. Uh, in 59 career games, he has 21 goals, four assists, uh, and they got him in the second round. 49th overall was uh, Karel Marchenko. Uh, we just did his season in review uh, episode, so it's probably still fresh in, in people's minds. What do you think of that pick in hindsight? You know, now that we've already moved down this draft for the Jackets, it it I, I still don't know if it's my most value value pick because there's more coming later so but this one definitely starts it off jay for me this is an example of yarmo kekalainen knows exactly what he's doing and he loves going to europe and he loves pulling players from there and he did the same thing with igor chinikov right he just scouted the khl said this guy's lighting it up no one's really taking him and he went for him and honestly not to totally transition it to chinikov but He's done a great job so far, I think, for considering where the Jackets drafted him. Very similar kind of entry as Foodie so far, but I, I think it's gone better for Chinikov. Anyway, uh, Yarmo does a great job drafting players out of the KHL, and this was a prime example when the Jackets got Kirill Marchenko. In fact, back then, I'm just looking at the draft grades because it's just really interesting to look back at draft grades, immediate reaction, and it's five years later. 
The Jackets had a B minus on CBSSports.com. They talked about Liam Foody being a reach, but they say here that they probably got a potential gem in the Russian winger Kirill Marchenko, and I think that wraps it up perfectly. Whoever this writer was for CBS and the little shout out to them, they nailed yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So here's, here's my question to you then, because this is something um, I was listening to uh, one of our newer shows or our, one of our uh, shows just relaunched, Lockdown NHL Prospects. If you're into prospects, it's really great. Listen, it's my first listen every morning. Uh, and they talked about, um, I believe it was the Nashville Predators today. Uh, and uh, the Nashville Predators drafted one player at 15th and then another player like slightly later. And they said that one player was a bit of a reach, but the other player was such a steal that if you basically say, okay, you've got this player at 15th and this player at 37th or whatever it was, swap them, and the draft makes perfect sense. So do you feel like, okay, we got Liam Foody at 18 and then Karol Machenko at 49? That's like, if you put that together, how does that feel? Like, because that feels almost like, okay, what if we just say that we took Machenko at 18th and foodie at 49th like that feel it feels like it balances out the reach versus the potential steal that we've had in in marchenko yeah and that's all you know draft strategy too like that's one thing i love about the nhl draft is the gms and the you know the presidents of the team are drafting on the floor in this case it was at the american airlines uh, arena in, in dallas or the american airlines center whatever it's called big old arena down there so they're just on the floor of this you know, arena doing, making, making, like they're reacting as it goes. And I think they see Liam Foodie. They know it's a reach, but at that moment, well, you know, whatever the Jackets needed, they needed a center with speed. The Jackets have had an issue at center for as long as anybody's been a Blue Jackets fan, it seems like. So for them to reach on a guy that they thought had high potential, that doesn't really surprise me. And for a guy who plays in the KHL to drop all the way to the second round, that also doesn't surprise me because the Jackets had to wait a long time before they got Krill Marchenko. We're talking about a draft five years ago, and we're also talking about Krill Marchenko's rookie season. So it's like, it's really crazy. And it, I guess it, it also goes for any here that might somewhat like the Flyers. The Flyers getting Matt Vemichkov at, what, seven? That might prove to be, like, one of the greatest steals. He's gonna, yeah, he's going to show up as a 22-year-old and just destroy. Yeah. It's going to be Panarin on speed. Like, yeah. it's going to be wild. Like, shout out to the Flyers. Like, the Flyers are one of my winners of this draft because they were like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to be good next season. We'll take the risk. Uh, there are some other teams that I feel like could probably have done that same thing, but they decided not to. Um Marchenko, yeah, I think for value so far, I think Marchenko is is the winner, the winning pick of this draft. There's another guy that I want to talk about at the end that we're both big fans of, but if you look at what Marchenko has done versus what Foodie has done specifically, and then you look at like guys that were drafted ahead of Marchenko as well. So uh, in the second round, there are still, I think, seven, eight guys that were drafted ahead of Marchenko plus three guys in the first round that have yet to make their NHL debuts, you know? So I yeah. wonder if Marchenko was probably way higher on their board. They probably didn't think Liam Foodie would drop. They wanted both of them. So they were like, Hey, let's get Foodie now. Let's get Marchenko later. He's probably going to drop. And lo and behold, he did. And I think it's going to be a similar kind of story with um, a guy like Gavin Brindley or a guy potentially like William Whitelaw of, Hey, if no one else wanted him, we'll just wait and we'll take him with the pick that we have. Um, 
The third round pick is kind of a non-starter. This was a weird one. So they drafted a guy called Marcus Karlberg uh, at Alexand in Sweden. Drafted him uh, 80th overall. He's the only uh, Blue Jackets draft pick from this draft that did not make uh, the NHL. He didn't even make it over to North America. Um, he's been playing in Sweden his entire career. Um, last season, he played 49 games and had five points in the, in that. The season before, um, he was playing in a lower league. So this, I feel like this this is a guy that sometimes this you're not going to win you know, it's it's unfortunate no. you want all your picks no. to work out, but unfortunately, sometimes some of them are going to be Marchenko's, some of them are going to be uh, Carberg. So there's not really a ton to talk about here. Uh, so the Blue Jackets drafted Carberg third, kind of a disappointing pick, and then they didn't pick in the fourth or the fifth round. Uh, their fourth round pick went to the Predators as a result of a trade that sent Mark Letestu to Columbus in exchange for this pick. Uh, they wanted to, again, kind of bolster that center depth for the playoffs. Uh, I like Mark Letestu, fine. Um, that pick that the uh, Predators ended up getting, they took uh, a guy whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce, I apologize, uh, who I also believe did not make the NHL. So there's no great loss there. Their fifth round pick went to uh, Chicago in uh, as a result of the Artemi Panarin trade. So, you know, uh, Artemi Panarin, Tyler Mott, and the Islanders' sixth-round pick went to Columbus, and uh, Chicago got Brandon Saad, Anton Forsberg, and this fifth-round pick. So I'm not too upset about losing that fifth-round pick because we've got two really fun years of, of Panarin out of it. So... The most fun years of my life. Reminder of why the Blue Jackets didn't pick in a couple of, in a couple of drafts there. Let's talk about a sixth-round pick that... Made his NHL debut this season. Uh, I think I'm probably a little bit higher on this player than than Hayden is. Uh, the Blue Jackets ended up. Uh, this was the result of another trade, I believe. Uh, but the Blue Jackets uh, ended up picking up Tim Bernie from Switzerland in the sixth round, uh, who kind of came out of nowhere this season and was like, "Hey, I'll I'll play a full amount of NHL games for you. Sure, why not?" Um, sixth round draft pick. Even making the NHL feels like a win. Right. Yeah, no, it absolutely does make it a win that the uh, sixth-round draft pick made the NHL. I mean, the Blue Jackets' seventh-round draft pick in this draft made the NHL, which is also a win. But, yeah, getting Tim Bernie to get him in the mix here, using him, that is a win for him. I don't know if it's a win for the Jackets, but um, it's definitely a win for him. Yeah, no doubt. And he has been solid. I, I'd, if, if he were to develop into a full-time guy, then, then maybe that would be great. But I, I don't think it's probably in the cards for him um but yeah what he's done in columbus was good it was he 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 served his time as a blue jacket and that is very very uh much more uh admirable than any of us will ever do we'll never serve times as blue jackets so yes good for he tim bernie took advantage of a situation I think mm -hmm. um, the Blue Jackets are again. I'm going to knock wood because I do every time I talk about this. The Blue Jackets defense is going to be a lot healthier this season. Um, Tim Burney is still uh, can still be waived. He can still go down to the monsters. I think that feels like the best thing for him right now. Um, I thought he was good in in limited minutes, but again, something that I've said basically every single episode played way too many minutes and suffered for it. You know, um, but again. Sixth round pick. Uh, I just looked it up. There are only nine players that were drafted behind him that have made the NHL. You know, so the Blue Jackets getting 
an NHL player, regardless of how good he is, at the sixth pick, I think speaks to Yamaka Kalainen's skill at depth drafting. Another and player from Europe, too. To, to bring up, uh, which we'll talk about in a second, actually. Uh, so there's a little a little teaser for you. So uh, in a minute, we are going to finish off the draft, and I will finish my thought on Yamaka Kalainen's drafting in just a second. First, I want to tell you about Bird Dogs, uh, because they are, quite frankly, the most comfortable shorts that I own. Uh, they might be the most comfortable shorts I have ever owned. They look good. They feel great. Uh, they are just so, so good. I can't, I can't overstate how good Bird Dogs are. They have this really cool, like, cloud knit fabric. It looks just like khaki, but it stretches, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Uh, I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago and I wore them every single day and I don't regret that. They are, like I said, the most comfortable shorts. And uh, I am already looking at getting a couple more pairs and uh, you can do the same thing. Go to birddogs.com, go to locks on, go to birddogs.com slash locks on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That is birddogs.com slash locks on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler. Uh, I know that a co- uh, one of my co- colleagues over here at the Locked On Podcast Network uh, dropped his off a second-story balcony, and it still is fine. So that feels like pretty good value to me. Once again, birddogs.com slash NHL. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise. Okay, so I want to finish my thought on Yamaka Kalainen before we finish off this draft. I feel like his strength as a drafter has and like his strength as a drafter is undeniable. I think that's his strongest thing. I think that's the best thing about him as a GM. Um, he does exceptionally well with depth drafting. I feel like I feel like you can look at his like his first round picks. Um, like this year, last year, notwithstanding. Um, but I think you look at his his depth picks, his you know his third, fourth, fifth round picks. He gets value, which. I think a lot of teams at that point are just like, yeah, draft whoever. I don't care. We've got who we wanted in the first and second round. Um, And I think Columbus, more than a lot of teams, gets value out of their kind of fourth round or below players. I mean, notable uh, fourth and above round players for the the Blue Jackets. uh, Vladislav Gavrikov drafted in the sixth round. Marcus Nudevara drafted in the seventh round. Uh, Who else? He just retired too, Nudavara. Like, it was such a shame. Uh, he was—he's a really nice guy. Um, he got traded to San Jose. I think played one preseason game and then got hurt. Um, Cam Atkinson, uh, yeah. Hayden's favorite Blue Jacket slash former Blue Jacket, drafted in the sixth off round last night. Yes, value out of these picks, which is really fun. Um, the next pick feels a little bit like the one that got away for me. Uh, so the second sixth round pick was they drafted Vaini Vavalainen, uh, a Finnish goaltender who got traded to Toronto in exchange for a guy whose name I am completely blanking on. Um, but he was a defenseman that basically we wasn't give? good enough to be in the NHL. They tried to send him down to uh, Cleveland and he refused to go, refused to report, and then... Um, just decided that actually he was going to go back to um, going to go back to, to Finland and, and play there because he didn't want to play in the um, in the NHL. In the I love that. Like I'm just going to go home. Fine, yeah. I'm just going to go and home. Nico Lynch is, is is the name of him. Um, it, at the time, 
it felt like it made sense as a trade because the Blue Jackets had a really pretty deep drafting pool, uh, goalie pool at that time. So uh, that was, I believe at that point, they still had um, Bobrovsky and then uh, McElhaney. Yeah, been backing him up, and then uh, they had Corpusalo, they had Merzlikins, and then they had um, Daniel Tar- uh, not Daniel Tarasov. They had uh, Matisse Kivlenix waiting in the wings, Rest and they had Benny Valainen waiting in the mm-hmm. wings. You know, um, that's a lot of good goalies to like. That's a, a pretty deep pool, and then obviously Bobrovsky left, McElhenney left, um, Kivlenix obviously passed away, which no one could have seen coming. And suddenly the Blue Jackets draft, the Blue Jackets goalie pool goes from really quite good to, oh, well, we have this one guy. He's still in Russia. He'll be over at some point, I guess. You know, so that was that is a, a it feels like not necessarily a, a, draft, a draft pick that got away, but I wish we'd managed to keep Bevelainen. I believe he's also back in Finland. I don't think the Leafs uh, kept him. So it's tough to it's tough to kind of say, hey, how do you feel about this guy? Because he played like one game for the Blue Jackets, but do you remember Vaney Bevelainen? He was, he was. I don't fine. remember. I, yeah, I don't remember him at all, Jay. So, like, it's, yeah, I, I can't say much about him. Um, I'm more excited about the next pick, Jackets got in the in the next round. Yeah, That's, you know what? Let's just let's, <laughs> zoom on, let's zoom right up past. You know me. You know I love to talk about goalies. You do love to talk about um, goalies, but I don't remember this guy. I like to talk about more than goalies. <laughs> uh, it's our guy, Trey Fixwansky. Yes, let's go. Pick. Made the NHL, uh, had a cup of coffee, definitely deserves to be back. Uh, again, a, a guy, I feel like we just did his season review like two weeks ago. But yes. let's, hell, let's talk some more about how much we love Trafix Wansky because it's a whole lot. Just a couple weeks ago, I'm pretty sure I called him a little Johnny Gaudreau. So, yeah, that shows my level of excitement for that guy. I He, he had a really good year in Cleveland last year. I think he is so ready to make the jump to the NHL. The only question with him is going to be his size. Will he be able to be a full-time NHL player? Will he end up being kind of like a Nathan Gerby, you know, plug-in-place kind of guy and maybe be up there for some energy and and some good times? But uh, I think he could be a full-time NHL player one day. Like, that's how much I believe in Trey Fix-Wolanski. And this is the year for him to do it. This is the year for him to do it. When you got a new coach coming in, a chance to make a, a first impression, I really hope he does this year. Yeah, it feels like the bottom six is wide open mm-hmm. right now. And I feel like plugging Trafik Swansky in on a third line and just having like your two skill lines and then your fourth line is going to be your checking line, obviously. But I feel like there's real value in having like a third line that's just an energy line, you know? Um, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Trafik Swansky reminds me a lot of Matt Calvert in many, many ways. And if we get anything like Matt Calvert from him, I think Blue Jackets fans are going to be very, very happy for a long time. Um, this might be the best. I don't know. I'm torn between this being the best value pick and Marchenko yeah. being the best value pick. Um, I think I'm going to go with Trey Fuchs-Wolanski just because getting, again, getting an NHL player at se- in the seventh round. Uh, is ridiculous. It, 149th overall. Where's my list of things? Uh, 204th overall. Incredible. You know, like you look at the guys that were drafted ahead of him um, and you're like, man, I can't believe everyone slept on Trevor Oksvansky like this. But how about you? Who do you feel is the best value draft pick? That the it's got to be Trey Fix Wolanski. Oh, go for it. It has to be Trey Fix Wolanski for me because just from the pure simple fact, I'm more excited about him today, five years later, 
than I am for our first round draft pick in this draft, which was Liam Foody. So if I can make that full jump from seven rounds and be like, I'm more excited for this guy's future with the team than I am that guy, then that shows that he was a great value pick. And I mean, the same goes with Marchenko too. Like, I can't believe they got Kirill Marchenko in the second round. But then again, that's just what Yarmo does. So I shouldn't be shocked by it. Like, he loves drafting out of the KHL. He loves finding gems out of the KHL. He absolutely hit it there, no doubt. But I do really think very, very highly of Trey Fix-Wolanski. Um, So that's – I'm going to die on that hill, that I think that he was the better value pick in this draft. That is the the Locked On Blue Jackets hill that we are dying on. I think. Yes. Just Trey Fix-Wolanski, uh, we, we love him. We think he's great. We're going to talk about him forever. Um how would you so you said they got a b minus from they did uh, cbs i also looked this up briefly i believe they got a c plus from bleacher report five years five years time we've had some time to look at all of the picks we've had some time for them to you know develop a little bit what grade would you give the blue jackets for this draft class I'm 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 giving him an A an A at least maybe even an A plus. I mean, some of these draft picks didn't work out. Um, like you like you said, we're gonna have some what's his name Marcus Clef bombs. We're gonna have some of those. Um, but yeah, for the most part, this is a great draft by Yarmo. This draft is who Yarmo Kekalainen is a great drafter because this draft stunk. After pick number seven, there isn't really anything that has worked out in the NHL at all. But the Blue Jackets have been able to get a couple guys late in this draft that have some really, really high potential. So I think for that alone, Yarmo has done a great job. Uh, so I give I give them an A. I say screw uh, the B minus, um, screw the C plus. It's an A for me. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give them a B plus. I think I'm not quite gonna give them an A. Uh, I think if they get another season out of Marchenko like he did for his rookie season or a better one. And if Trey Fix-Wolanski gets more than a cup of coffee in the NHL, I am willing, I am ready and willing to upgrade that. But right now I'm giving them a B plus based on potential alone. Um, and also I would love to see Liam Foody figure it out. Uh, I'm not sure that he will, but again, he's 22, 23. There's still time. He's still a kid. Um, I think times are ticking on, you know, I don't want to be having this conversation in like two years where I'm like, Oh, he'll figure it out. I believe in him. You know, um, but I think as of right now, I'm willing to get, I, I think, yeah, B, B plus, strong B plus for this draft class. Uh, I think, honestly, better than their 2017 draft and also their 2019 draft. Though the 2019 draft is not really their fault, considering they traded every pick that they had. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think overall, a very, very solid 2018 draft class um and i like that we did this because we were talking about we were going to do uh i think we we're going to look at the 2020 the 2021 uh draft class and kind of look at that and see do a review of that and um, i'm glad we went back a couple of years because it is good to kind of see oh okay they've had five years to to prepare you know it's not like the 20 like the 2021 most of those guys haven't even really left juniors yet you know like the 2021, uh, James Malatesta is in there, um, you know, guys like that. So 2018 felt right. Uh, and I had a lot of fun doing research for this and being, uh, I love being able to be like, oh, hey, I remember that guy. Uh, so this was a really fun exercise for me. I, I love uh, being able to be like, wow, the Jackets knew what they were doing in this draft. Because <laughs> if you look at it, they really did. It was a weak, it was a weak draft. A lot of these guys, a lot of nobody names in that uh, in that draft. So I'll just say that. 
yeah, it was, I think, a, yeah, a shockingly weak draft. But that happens, you know? Some drafts are really strong, some drafts are not so strong. Uh, I think everyone is kind of blinded by how good the 2023 draft was. That you remember that, oh, okay, yeah. the. But, you know, you know, Jay... Like, that's not guaranteed that this 2023 draft is going to be great. You know, just because the players players have a lot of hype, that doesn't mean it necessarily pays out. That's nope, the whole that's, point of doing the exercise, true. you know? So maybe we'll do this exercise again in five more years and we'll be like, be like man, that Brindley kid, he stunk. No, <laughs> we would never. Um, that's all we got for you today. Uh, tomorrow, we are going to wrap up our season review of forwards. We finally made it through the 300 forwards that the Blue Jackets used this season. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, Jack Rosterbeck. So I'm sure uh, Morgan, one of our wonderful everydays, is going to be real happy about that. Uh, so uh, look out for that tomorrow. And uh, until then, thank you for listening. Thank you for making this your first listen today, every day. Optimal Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms. We are over on YouTube. We're on Sirius XM. Uh, I've been Jay Foster. I forgot my name for a second there. It's fine. It's been a very long day. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find Hayden at HaydenH971 on Twitter. You can find the show at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, if you have comments, questions, criticisms, send questions in for the mailbag. If you want that, uh, you can email them. You can add us on Twitter, whatever, comment on this YouTube video, things like that. And uh, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on. <laughs>